This is The Newsstand, episode 65. We're recording this on Friday, November 4th, 2016. I'm Ryan Gallagher, and joining me tonight, Ark Devins. Hey, Ark. Hey, Ryan. So we should have recorded an episode of The Newsstand a couple of weeks ago, and we had planned it, and then it just kept kind of falling away from getting recorded. And so uh, apologies for everyone out there who has been asking me on Twitter or on Facebook, you know, where's the Newsstand episode where we talk about the January titles. And tonight we will touch briefly on the January titles, but primarily I wanted to spend some time tonight with Arik talking about Filmstruck because uh, as everyone knows, it launched this week and uh, we have some thoughts on on how it launched and, you know, the, the current state of things over there. So real briefly, January, they released or they announced four new titles. Uh, they've also announced a Another of the dual format downgrades where the 400 Blows, which had been previously a Blu-ray, became a dual format release and is now getting downgraded back to a single Blu-ray disc edition. This one's maybe the silliest of all of those because it was a single Blu-ray edition and then got dual formatted and now it's being de-dual format. Right, this one and and Breathless, weren't they the ones that like were yeah. already Blu-rays, then got dual formatted and are now being undual formatted? I know it's like you you think that they would have just had those on hand anyway like you know they would have had just back stock of that to begin with but maybe not maybe they had waited until <laughs> they ran out and then they turned it into dual format now they have to run out of those again and now yeah oh it makes me so sad I wonder how many the the 400 blows must have the most editions right or it's one of those titles that has the most because it had several different dvd editions right along the way yeah i think that one i think seven samurai maybe there's a couple but 400 blows yeah i think m where there's like if you were i mean i don't know that there's any completionist that we know of who's at that level but if you were the ultimate completionist you would have every version and some of them don't even look different right there's no difference they're just reprintings yeah i'm not i don't even know i think the closest for me is just having the the different Seven Samurai releases, like the first DVD, the second DVD, and then the Blu-ray. Yeah, but, I think. I mean, I think that's pretty good. You're, you. I mean, you're kind of like you have like multiple editions of Time Bandits, uh, and multiple yeah, editions yeah, yeah. of various things. You're kind of known for that, I'd say. Yeah, and like I, you know, I'll import stuff from the UK if I feel like it's. Oh, this is an especially nice edition, or it adds, you know, supplements, and I'll hang on to stuff too. Like if it, if it doesn't. You know, if, if any of these older Criterion DVDs, you know, if the supplements don't make their way onto the Blu-ray, then it's worth hanging on to that just for, you know, sure. added material. Yeah. So four titles uh, in January seems kind of like a light month yeah, for Criterion just in general. I mean, last month we talked about the December titles and there were four releases then. And that seemed, you know, pretty average for December. You know, it's kind of a, a lighter month in general and it has been for you know, several years. I mean, sometimes we'll have larger release slates with box sets and whatnot, but, you know, four seems solid, like an average, you know, for a December. But then for January, it seems kind of like, what's what's going on? Should we read into this? Like, or, you know, is it is it dangerous to read into just them saying, oh, we'll do four in, in January? Because usually you know, they might do five or six. Um, so, and, you know, no Blu-ray upgrades for January, either apart from the, you know, what we just talked about with the 400 blows. Yeah. Do you think they're including that? Do you think that, cause it, they list it, they always do that where they put that because it's coming out, they put it on the list of like coming soon on the website. Do you think that in their minds, that means that there's five? Mm, I don't think so. Only because I don't think they included that in the press release that they emailed out. 
Um, and I also don't think that that was announced on new release day. I think that came out later where they, where this suddenly showed up in the list of things. So I don't think on, you know, the 14th when they announced it, I don't think that was uh, ready to go then. Interesting. Yeah, it does. I mean, it definitely feels like, I, I mean, you know, 2016, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more as the year comes to a close. But I mean, I'd say most people are calling it like a pretty phenomenal year for Criterion, which is interesting because, and I agree with that, There, but there weren't like a lot of upgrades, right? Like that was the main thing. It was just like way slowing down of upgrades. And there's theories about, you know, maybe there's, they're just waiting for the next batch of, of, of new masters, but there's a lot of masters out there that we know about for films that we, I would assume that they would want to upgrade. I mean, that are pretty, pretty big films. So it's gotten very, you know, Kremlinology here with like trying to figure out what is going on. But I definitely feel like your perception of January matches up with mine, which is just that, yeah, it was, I was a little bit surprised that it was, it was a a light month. It was nice that I, the, the, it seemed like the releases were announced early, but um, they were. Yeah. yeah. So they, they announced them um, on a Friday this time. It was like the 14th uh, of October when we got the, the titles and it was, the I think it was the week before Filmstruck was initially due to launch, and so it seemed like maybe they were just gonna they did it early because the following week was gonna be you know like a Filmstruck heavy week, um, but then it eventually got delayed. Um, I think that was the I think if my memory serves that was what ended up happening. But yeah, that was it was very nice to have it you know announced early to make it you know much less stressful on like posting you know because like when it's on a Friday it's like. I don't have to work. I can easily put this together. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they did it for you. They, I, I hope they did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out when this month's announcements come up. <laughs> um, you know, also interesting this month. So what we're getting in, in, D, in January is on January 10th, we're getting Howard Hawks's His Girl Friday along with uh, the 400 Blows downgrade. And then on... The 17th, we're getting Jack Garfield's Something Wild, the 1961 film, and then also uh, Fassbinder's Fox and His Friends from 1975. And then uh, on the 24th, uh, Usman Semben's film Black Girl from 1966. Um, many of these are ones that we have either known about or talked about. Um, in particular, His Girl Friday was, was teased at in one of the email newsletters. And uh, Fox and his friends has been on Hulu for a while now. And Black Girl was one that we had talked about previously on the podcast where it was, I think it was maybe like the New York Film Festival last year where we learned that it was uh, being handled by Janice. And then there was the talk at some point when uh, Peter Becker was talking about all of the different Semben films that they had the rights to that they would be, you know, releasing along the way. Interestingly, you know, of the, you know, these, I guess, four or five releases, depending on how you look at this, um, predominantly black and white films, uh, nothing, you know, the newest of these films is the Fassbender film from 75. Uh, an interesting, you know, it, it's, it's kind of nice to have criteria, not even concerned at all with like trying to, you know, I don't know, like be relevant to, to, to the, to the <laughs> not, and I don't mean it to sound like that, but you know, relevant in like a modern sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, to be, you know, I, I agree with you that it's a light month, but I, I have to say, I think it's a really, really cool month. Um, just in terms of what we are actually getting, um, uh, random trivia point. Uh, this is the second time, 
that there is a, a film that I know of. I think it's two, though, that where there's two films in the collection with the same name, which will be a lot of fun for those of us who like to track things. Um, because, of course, we have the other Something right. Wild. Yeah. Um, we also have two Lolas is the other one. That was fun uh, on that day when the the new releases were going up because there were the Phantom Pages going up. And at some point, the Phantom Pages for for this 1961 version of Something Wild started going up and people started listing it in their, you know, oh, these are my predictions for the month because everyone just chooses what is already known in their predictions. And uh, and then people were people were responding to the to the addition of something wild, saying, "Isn't there already something wild in the collection? What are you, why are you guys predicting that?" <laughs> it's the ultimate edition of something wild because <laughs> that film is so important that. Uh, but no, it's it is it's great to see. I mean, I know we knew a lot of these were coming, but it is it, there's something I don't know different about sort of seeing a drawing of a of a desk and a turtle and then seeing His Girl Friday, right? Yeah, Which is a uh, film. I'm super excited uh, to have um, in the collection. Like that makes me really, really happy. Uh, or like, well, and not ahead. even just not even just knowing that his girl Friday is coming and actually seeing you know a cover and knowing that it's a real thing, but seeing the list of supplements on here. You know, we knew that David Boardwell was involved, but now we know like yes, this is an interview with him about this film. Um, this film or this release is going to include. Uh, an additional film, the front page from uh, by Lewis Milestone, the 1931 film, which is getting a new 2K restoration from a recently discovered print of the director's preferred vision uh, or version. This one was recently released on Blu-ray from Kino, but it's you know a different restoration or a different um, you know mastering of the film and uh, I guess a different cut too. I love it so much. I mean, obviously, we all are super ecstatic when when Criterion includes additional films, especially when they do it like this, where there's unlike that uh, stupid controversy around the Tati film where it's like, oh, it's not upscaled or whatever, like this is a new restoration. But like, also, I especially love it when Criterion specifically does something like this. Like, for example, um, when Berlin, Berlin Alexanderplatz came out, like it has the movie adaptation from before. Um uh, Fastbender's uh, adaptation, and here we get this other film that is uh, also a more what's a more straightforward adaptation of the play that inspired His Girl Friday. So it's like that's that to me is like a different level of the film school in a box ethos that the Criterion at its best aspires to. Where it's like, okay, I really feel like I'm getting, uh, and there's a lot of great supplements on this disc, but I really feel like I'm getting even more context as to the sort of place this film has and, and sort of how it differs from the original, you know, maybe in years past, they might've even included this included the script of the play, right? Stuff like that. They specifically call out the fact that this is going to feature a booklet uh, in the description here. Yes. Um, all, all of the rest of them, I think are listed as just essays. So uh, the other ones might all just be like the folded leaflet inserts. And this one will actually be a booklet. Well, I think they had to do a booklet because there's two essays, one for, that's the other awesome thing, one for His Girl Friday and one for the front page by two different people. Yeah. And this is going to be two Blu-rays uh, in this, so two discs, two Blu-ray discs in the in this release. Uh, and they're, well, I guess they are, they've raised the, the retail price up to $50 instead of the usual 40 Yeah. But I mean, I this one's stacked for sure. This is this is just an amazing release, I think. So, something wild is going to feature new conversations between Kim Morgan and the director Jack Garfine. Um, an interview with Carol Baker, interviews with uh, some uh, Foster Hirsch, 
and uh, a 2015 recording uh, which uh, features the director's world-famous lectures on acting. Then uh, with Black Girl, this is one, again, that we had been talking about, one that had been released previously from the BFI uh, in the UK. This one is going to, again, feature the the short film uh, Borom Seret, the Semben film, which had also been previously restored in 4K. And um, I think both of these were done by the World Cinema, or the Film Foundation's World Cinema Project. Um, so this is one where people had been kind of wondering whether or not this might, you know, if Criterion ever does another World Cinema Project box set, would they have, you know, included this? But, you know, since they didn't do that with um, A Brighter Summer Day, then you know, it seems like they m- might be done with those box sets. And they will forever say volume one on everyone's shelf. This is going to feature new interviews. They still haven't finished uh, adding all of the title or you know, all of the, the features on this release yet. So um, I think some people have said that there might be supplements on that BFI release that haven't been yet announced for this one. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what what the final lineup looks like. But I'm very excited. I I watched the film, or I, at least I watched pieces of it when we got the review disc for the BFI one before I sent it to Scott. Um, but it's you know it it was beautiful, and so I can't wait to check out this Criterion release. This is like the second film ever in the collection from Africa too, right? Uh, with Tukibuki, I think those are the only two. I think you're right. Yeah, which is that's so exciting. I mean, that's just awesome. I hope it opens uh, like a floodgate of more stuff because it just feels like we know that Africa and South America are like complete, almost completely not represented. It would be so nice to see so much more. Yeah, and then recently we had the news of that Filipino film um, being, you know, recently restored by the Film Foundation and now, you know, coming soon to Criterion. Uh, what is it? The Manila and the Claws. Uh, what is that film called? Manila in the Claws yeah. of Light. So that one will be the first Filipino film yeah. uh, in the collection. And then finally, as we mentioned, Fox and His Friends, the 1975 film from Fassbinder, uh, has a new 4K restoration, which was done by the uh, Fassbinder Foundation, and it's going to feature new interviews, and uh, Iris Sachs is going to be interviewed on here. Was he, has, was Iris Sachs, did he pop up in like the, in like the closet or... Um, yes. Or like the kitchen or somewhere recently. He was somewhere. It was top 10 or the closet, something like that. Yeah. And people had been wondering whether or not he might be getting a film in the collection, but it seems like this might be what it was, what he was there for visiting the offices. Have you ever seen this film? Uh, Fox and his friends. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Me neither. But I just noticed looking at the cast and credits that there's a character in it played by Fassbender with the same name as the main character from Berlin, Alexander Plotz. So oh, I'm like super curious to know what that's all about because I I really liked uh, Berlin Alexander Platz. So this one had recently been released from uh, from Arrow in the UK uh, as a part mm-hmm. of the, I think their their box set, but it got also got a release uh, individually with with Chinese Roulette, um, which is not being included on this Criterion release. Um, one notable, I guess a couple of more notable things about this one, uh, Michael Koreski is coming back to write the essay for the release. And then uh, the cover art is done by Grant Grant Dellen and Eric Skillman. Uh, and Grant Dellen, you might, his name you might recognize just from, he has been doing a number of the, um, I guess like video work on a number of recent Criterion interviews. And you'll see his name pop up on their Instagram feed as like having taken the photographs for things. So he's been uh, working behind the scenes on Criterion stuff for the last few years. And uh, it's cool to see that he now 
has his hand uh, in the cover world because I love this cover. Oh my God. Especially compared to the Arrow cover. It, it, this is like just so wonderful. All right. So that's the January titles. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about these as, as the months go on. And, uh, you know, as more people come on the podcast, we can, you know, get more people's input on them. But um, a couple of other things. We have two new newsletters to talk about since the last time we recorded an episode of the newsstand. Um, we had the the newsletter drawing for the end of September of the dog with the birthday cake. The birthday cake, which has a 315 on it, there was uh, it was fun seeing everyone uh, going back and forth about how many years in dog years or how dog years work and how <laughs> and how, nobody got it right. <laughs> nobody got it right. But essentially, what I think Criterion was most likely hinting at was the uh, film 45 Years from Andrew Haig, uh, previously who had done the film Weekend, and this one, you know, starring Charlotte Rampling and Tom Courtney, and, um, you know, was released by IFC and has not yet had a Blu-ray release here in the States, and so this is one that seemed inevitable, you know, for a Criterion release, and uh, seems most likely that that's what this uh, newsletter drawing is hinting at. And then just recently, within the last week, we got uh, a new newsletter drawing featuring a woman on the cover of Time magazine. And uh, I think the consensus seems to be that this is uh, pointing at the 1942 film from George Stevens' Woman of the Year. This one uh, looks a lot like Hillary Clinton. And uh, so it's been fun to see you know, once the newsletter drawing is kind of decided upon, you know, when there's a consensus, you know, then the forum thread starts to go in wacky and fun places because people try to like, they, you know, they try to twist it back around to like Il Sorpasso or they'll try to twist it back around to something, you know, Midnight Cowboy and fun. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> the, the Midnight Cowboy Il Sorpasso controversy. Um it's a double I, clue. Right. Uh, my favorite for this one has to be someone who uh, Carmilla Mercala put in. Uh, so this is their post on the Criterion Forum. They wrote, Time Magazine equals depicts woman president ahead of its time, which equals beyond. And Hillary Clinton equals Uri Clinton equals Hill uh, beyond the hills. You know, <laughs> beyond the hills is one that we knew was coming, but... Uh, you know, I, I just love that uh, one. It is worth uh, noting that if it is Woman of the Year, which I saw some negativity towards, but um, if it is Woman of the Year, that would be like the second film for both Spencer Tracy and for Catherine Hepburn in the collection, but the first for either of them in sort of what you might regard as their prime, right? We have uh, Hepburn from the 50s, and then we don't have Tr- Tracy until near the end of his career with uh, Mad by Mad World. So it'd be really cool to get something, you know, pretty pretty central to the, both of their careers in the in the early 40s. I guess a few other titles. We mentioned that Manila and the Claws of the Light film coming soon from Criterion that has been rumored. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about the Kelly Reichardt film Certain Women, which is, uh, I think, touring right now, or I don't think it had has had like a wide uh, release at this point, but, you know, it's being handled by IFC. I guess it is playing right now in Portland, so uh, maybe it is touring currently. Um, oh, I guess it, it looks like it's been... playing here as well. Okay, so it opened in October. So, um, you know, it seems like this will most likely get a Criterion release. And uh, I think Kelly Reichardt got a Phantom page added 
within the past few months. So that might be why or what kind of sprung on the discussion of this film. There are a few other titles that have been rumored uh, to be coming soon from Criterion and Janus, but uh, I will save that for a future discussion because I think we should probably shift over to talking about Filmstruck. Filmstruck! So we actually haven't recorded a podcast since an episode of the newsstand since the um, announcement of the um pricing and everything like i've recorded a couple of episodes of uh off the shelf with brian where we talk about you know filmstruck's pricing levels and the release date and the the platforms that they were going to launch on and everything so i feel like i've kind of got that out of my system a little bit but since we haven't talked about a lot of this stuff on the newsstand at this point i thought maybe we should just run over some of the um basics of the service at this point uh, before jumping into, you know, our thoughts on what the, uh, on, on how it actually is working now that we have had some time to uh, play with it. So a, cu- a few weeks, actually, I guess it was over a month ago now, uh, we learned that, you know, we learned the, the pricing structure for it. That was something that we had been discussing uh, ever since it was announced. We didn't know how much they were going to charge, you know, for the base level plus the cr- added criterion channel. We didn't know what they were going to launch on as far as, you know, devices and uh, apps and whatnot. And um, they had initially planned on launching, I think on October 18th was the, was the original plan. And then um, the day before they were due to launch, they announced that they were going to be postponing it until November where, because of, they wanted to get the, the um, like sign in, sign on, uh, sign up process, you know, ironed out. Um, and it looked like, you know, as it turns out, there were still bugs on the first day, but, um, you know, I think that was inevitable due to the overwhelming interest in the service. And, you know, so many people were excited to sign up. So they, um, you know, everyone rushed over to do it all at the same time. Yeah. I think they just weren't prepared for the the, uh, the scale they were at. It's really hard. I saw some very ill-informed people saying, oh, how hard could it be to get this right? Come on. And it's like, it's actually really, really, really difficult to um, test something like this under the kind of load. You have no real way to do that. Like, right, like the, all the people showing up to sign up and this kind of stuff. So it's it's not a, a shock to me that they that they had problems. And to be fair, they, they got them sorted out pretty quickly. I mean, I, I think I, I didn't make it in before they put up the thing saying signups are, are disabled for now, but it was only maybe a few hours until I until I had my account set up. Yeah. And they had also said, oh, we're going to we're going to release the iOS app today. And then they said, oh, you know, actually, we're going to release it tomorrow. And then within a few hours, it had it was up on the, the Apple store. So it was, you know, they, I think they were being cautious with it. They also didn't announce that that day was going to be launch day. Everyone kind of just, it was November 1st. And everyone was like, well, it's November. Let's go see what, you know, what the Filmstruck website looks like now. And suddenly you could sign up for a free trial. And they hadn't posted anything, they hadn't tweeted anything or put up anything on their Facebook page. And so that was, you know, it was kind of like a quiet, soft launch for them. Yeah, you have to wonder if someone, you'd be shocked how many times this happens. You have to wonder if someone accidentally wrote a a script, forgot to check a deadline, uh, pressed the wrong (laughs) button and just launched it. Like we've, we've had that happen at my work. Like, it's crazy, but you're just like, how did this happen? We've been planning, you know, and then it just, it's out there and you can't really take it back at that point. No. Um, 
So the base level subscription for Filmstruck is going to be $6.99 per month. Uh, right now you can sign up for a 14-day free trial for the service. Uh, if you want to get Filmstruck, the base service, with the Criterion channel, you'll be spending $11 per month. And then if you want to buy it annually uh, and save some money, you can spend $99 per year and get uh, everything that comes with Filmstruck plus the Criterion channel. I think um, Brian and I had talked about this previously, but uh, I think $7 a month for just for the base level uh, is a pretty good deal. You know, it's it's comparable to what you might be spending if you got the Warner Archive Instant or, you know, Hulu or Netflix. I mean, it's, it's within the range of comparable services. Um, they, you know, spending a few dollars more to get everything that Criterion offers. You know, you're going to be spending a little bit more than what you would have been if you had a Hulu subscription. But I think you are getting um, some pretty substantial added value with Filmstruck that you weren't getting previously uh, on Hulu. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with that. And I think we'll probably talk about a lot of that substantial added value because there is quite a bit there. I mean, for me, um, I I don't know. I'm not going to judge for someone else whether that's a reasonable amount to pay. I'll just say that I was surprised that it was uh, that cheap. I thought it was going to be more expensive. I, I thought this was going to be more like in the 15-ish dollar range or even higher. So I was, for myself at least, I was pleasantly surprised that it was what I would consider a very reasonable price, but obviously, you know, different people. And I will say that if you subscribe to enough of these things, they add up pretty quickly. And so it's like, are you getting off of Fandor? Are you getting off of Hulu? Like I know for a lot of folks that, that, you know, adding one more means removing something else. So it's, it can be a little bit challenging, but I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get off of anything else right now. Um, I guess right now Hulu is is probably the most likely candidate to be cut from my subscription, uh, you know, package that I currently I'm subscribing to Netflix and Hulu, uh, Amazon, Fandor, and now Filmstruck. Uh, although Filmstruck hasn't charged me yet because of the f- the free trial and because we were part of the beta area, so they they're giving us a little bit of a sweet deal on that. But um, I think yeah, it was very nice. I will. Pr- I mean, Amazon might be another option to get rid of, although I do like having access to everything that's on Amazon Prime, like all the shows and movies that they have there. So anyway, Filmstruck, though, I think I agree. I think that's a good price. I also was kind of thinking that it might be have been more in the like 15 to $20 range just for the Criterion channel added on top of a base subscription. Um, I'm, I'd be curious to see how many people are subscribing if you know if they ever release numbers or anything which they probably won't but you know to see how many of the people who would be subscribing to filmstruck would be happy with that base level subscription and not worry about adding on the criterion channel Um, because you know essentially you are getting some criterion films that will be rotated in and out uh, if you just subscribe to filmstruck but then in addition to that you're getting access to you know films from a number of other studios like Flickr Alley or Zeitgeist or Kino um, Shout Factory is involved with this now so there's a lot of good stuff in here yeah I think it probably depends on uh, what your general approach is to this sort of stuff like if you're someone who 
really enjoys uh, what what is you know what they call programming, um, and you just because they're doing a lot of that, right? And so if if you if you're someone who just wants to kind of take what's being offered in a TCME kind of way, then maybe you don't need the Criterion add-on because there's so many, they're going to pull those Criterion features into different categories they're pushing on the front page or, or different uh, festival type things they're doing. So maybe that's enough. Um, and also, you know, if you're not watching quite as many movies, maybe you don't need it either. I mean, it, it really, I think, comes down to um, what your sort of habits are. But I, I know that for me, and I'm and I a hundred percent positive for you as well. That's just not an option. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I wonder like I, I, the, the curation and like the little festival areas that they have, or, you know, the little themed things that they've put together that does appeal to me more and more as I grow older with these services. Uh, and I, you know, I look at the, the, browse all list in filmstruck of just titles and i think like oh man like i could just keep scrolling for hours and never decide or you know like add a million things to my watch list and uh by the time i've maybe finally decided on something it's like okay well now it's time for bed because i have, have sat here scrolling through you know a list of hundreds and hundreds of films uh, and i kind of need help deciding on what to watch and so those little those little you know oh now playing like contemporary israeli cinema or films on film or you know films by francois truffaut or you know like help me pick a genre or something like that like that that appeals to me way more now where after having you know dealt with you know endless scrolling through lists of movies Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, I the same thing happens to me with my actual shelves, as I'm sure it does to you as well, where I just spend so much time looking at them that I actually cut into the amount of time I have to watch the movie. I think um, you had a really nice idea uh, on, on Twitter where you said, like, if you're going to have this awesome watch list, and by the way, we should talk about that because, oh my God, I'm so happy there's a watch list. But um, if you're going to have this awesome watch list, maybe give me a button where I just, you know, like a, a lucky button from Google where it just I press it and you just show me something from my watch list. Um I think that would be great. I also do think, and I would imagine this was just not in in their uh, MVP uh, first version, but uh, uh, that browse all list is like, could I can I filter that? I mean, I know their search kind of does some of this, but like, can I filter it by country, distributor, time, uh, language, <laughs> special features, anything? Like, you know, right now that's just a massive list of films, which I think I agree with you is not particularly useful, but I totally get that. I mean, that's just, you know, it's early days, very, very early days. Yeah. The, um, I guess when you, I was going to say like, when you click on the date, it does at least sort it back and forth. So you can sort by date and then have it, it'll sort, you know, ascending versus descending and then swap it. Mm. Um, I agree. I wish there was something else in there. Actually, I wish there were a lot of things else in there in the, (laughs) so in the, in the browse all, you basically have the option of looking at all of the films on Filmstruck, which include all the films. Actually, I guess it's like, I guess it doesn't. So there's, uh, Filmstruck criterion and then all, but isn't Filmstruck all, or is that just, if you don't have criterion, then maybe, uh, does that make sense? Yeah. It's actually pretty annoying. (laughs) Because it doesn't, because it does include, because there's no way to say Filmstruck minus Criterion right now. Oh, right. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Would be really helpful. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Because like, I know 
basically everything, especially for someone, and obviously we are in a minority, but for someone like me or David or someone who has all or most of the Criterion Collection on physical disc and isn't really looking to watch the disc stuff, that would be a really nice feature. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if there was a way to filter just the titles. I mean, I know David has already made this list, but if there was a way to just show me all the Criterion stuff that I don't already have on disc, uh, you know, all the stuff that are online exclusives or are basically just streaming only titles, uh, that would be very helpful. How about if they connected with your Criterion.com account and literally knew which films I own? <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> that, that would be the dream. I, uh, I agree. Uh, however, I, I have to imagine that that's probably something far down the line if ever going to happen to have like these two websites talk to each other (laughs) certainly even when they're you know related corporate entities that is like they'll be believe me there's someone's talking about that at whatever office they have and they're saying and their manager is telling them yes 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 it's in the it's in the backlog of our jira somewhere and we'll get to it in you know the star trek future but no that one (laughs) that's not gonna happen anytime soon um but yeah having the ability to sort by or, you know, filter out by country or language, uh, running time. I mean, all of those things are things that I love about Fandor um, and Netflix to some extent where you can, you know, dig down into categories. Um, Even when you browse the categories that they have listed, those are pretty limited. And, you know, the website is one thing, but when you are doing this on, um, like, I, you know, for example, like I use, I have now... Uh, filmstruck on my iphone ipad and amazon fire (laughs) stick Mm -hmm. um they're all they're all little different in the in their interfaces and their you know functionality and usefulness um but you know they have a very limited range of uh categories available right now you know there's like drama or documentary and stuff like i kind of want more specific categories um, or at least to be able to like drill down and to say like, okay, well, what kind of adventure am I looking at? Okay. And now from these, let me sort or, you know, filter out some things to like really figure out of these titles. Like, what do I want to see? Um, I also kind of wish that these would reset every time. Like, so they don't, I don't keep seeing the same first few titles at the beginning of the categories. Yeah. That's a that's a real pain for sure. I'm hoping that they'll eventually have like, and again, this is, I don't mean that they'll actually get these from the website, but the, you know, Criterion.com, of course, is famous for its goofy categories. I'm hoping that some of that type stuff comes in. I would also love it if they would allow for um, user uh, categories or user collections of films and festivals and things like that. Like that would be awesome. Like if I could see, Oh, you know, Brian's put together the best genre films from this, from the eighties. And I can just take a look at that. That would be so awesome. Yeah. I have to admit, I mean, we have the watch list and that's pretty much like your way of bookmarking things to watch later. So, right. And you know, if we were able to create our own lists, uh, just even privately, even if we, we didn't, weren't able to share them with anyone like that would still be incredibly helpful to like say like all right well let me make a list of all of the animated films that are available on filmstruck that i want to watch okay now let me make a list of all of the you know films that i already own that maybe i want to watch again digitally or whatever this is going to grow in so many different ways and it's just very exciting i I love that we're talking about this stuff and especially because uh, and this is kind of the point i was getting at with the watch list is that none of this 
none of this was ever going to happen at Hulu. No, absolutely not. I, but although, like, I think when Hulu launched, I feel like they're way back in the day, there was, they did have more um, functionality that they have since, like, stripped out. Um, I feel like there were more list-making abilities on Hulu when they when Criterion first went on there that don't exist anymore uh, on there. Well, that's certainly uh, un- unfortunate if true, but I-, I will say that I think that the missions were very different. And, yeah. and you know, Hulu obviously especially transitioned hard into a certain role in the world that I think Filmstruck has a pretty different identity. So I think we're probably safe, but you never know. And that would obviously be super sad. So um, one of the big selling points and one of my like longstanding dreams of streaming services has been the option to watch films with commentary tracks and it's finally here like this is amazing (laughs) this is what this is literally what i've been hoping for ever since criterion launched on hulu uh i was like okay well what about commentary tracks like what about supplements i mean you know hulu had limited supplements and documentaries and whatnot on there but they never dipped their toes into the commentary track realm and it's finally here (laughs) <laughs> have you done I it yet? It. I've, I have. I watched um, last week. We we discussed you and I the uh, the testament of Doctor Mabusa, and so mm-hmm. I I went in and found the testament of Doctor Mabusa on Filmstruck, and sure enough, the David Callet commentary is an option uh, on here. That's now that's it, wonderful. It, it, it really is. And it's so like, you know, congratulations to them on succeeding where all these other services have, you know, fallen away. Um, I wish that it was a little bit easier to discover or, you know, like to, to search for commentaries yep. or to, to be able to find those, <laughs> these little jewels out there. But I guess you kind of have to dig for them. Um, but, you know, again, like I will anything that I complain about tonight, I will... I am totally happy with giving them the benefit of the doubt in that I'm sure that these are things that they're working on or that they have, you know, like a roadmap for, um, you know, upgrades or, you know, planned uh, service features for, you know, like later release. So I don't, you know, I didn't expect all of this to be perfect on the first day. Um, And it is already much better than it was during the beta. And so I will, I'm assuming that they're going to keep on working on it and uh, make it as best, you know, make it the best service that they can. Uh, I agree completely. If I have one thing like that, that I totally recognize is, you know, definitely something in that nature. It's that um, uh, someone that we both uh, like a lot that we both have, have met in person, uh, Tony Zhu, who does the, is it Zhu or Zhao? I I think it's Joe. Joe, I'm talking myself out. I, he's told me the name, but now I'm like, you know, convinced, yeah. confusing myself here. But um, he does the absolutely incredible um, uh, YouTube and Vimeo series, uh, Every Frame of Painting. And he, I was so excited. I'm sure you saw this. I was so excited. He did, he's already done two videos with his team for Filmstruck, right? He Special did, features that are. Did he do one on Marcello Mastroianni? And, uh, he, did he did one did on like Marcello Mastroianni and one on Michel Legrand. All right. And um, they're both great. I've watched both of them already. They're both exactly his usual humorous, but also highly uh, informative and interesting pieces. And I, it was so annoying to find them uh, on here because you can't search for supplements. So you, I had to find the um, with with uh, Mastrani. At least you can search by actor. But for Michelle Legrand, I actually had to try to find the 
the um, uh, category or whatever bundle they call it, like somewhere in their hierarchy, or find one of the random movies like that I knew he had done the comp- the the music for, and then see it as a special feature listed. I just wanted to search for this video, um, which, by the way, I highly, highly recommend everyone out there watch these. And it's one of the things I'm really excited about with Filmstruck is like if he may, if he were to make another movie. Uh, another essay for even a film that's already been released on Blu-ray, they could potentially put out new supplements, right, for films that we already have on disc, which would I'll, be so cool. I'll try to include links to these uh, in the show notes, but yeah, you have to you have to go through the themes area, and then there there these little themes are considered bundles, like you said, and so you have to find the music uh, music by Michelle Legrand. Or, oh, I've already lost the other one. But yeah, the so you basically have to dig. Oh, here we go. So the icon, Marcello Mastroianni. Yeah. So, so you have to dig in to these. And, you know, I guess this stuff, it's not always obvious or clear. Like when you're when you're building this type of thing, like how people will use it or what people need when they search for things. And it's hard to get, I guess, feedback for, for some of this stuff. So, you know, I'm sure that they'll they'll work on it. Oh, absolutely. These are, as you said, nitpicks on what is very exciting. So, One of my favorite things that I've found so far is uh, a discussion between Kirsten Johnson, the woman behind Camera Person. She's the, the uh, cinematographer who uh, put together that, that documentary, Camera Person, which Janice and Criterion will be releasing. There's a a discussion between them at uh, a film festival earlier this year between uh, Kirsten Johnson and Michael Moore. Uh, she worked on Fahrenheit 9/11 with him, and so and she, she you know shot that movie, and they have a a nice little discussion, uh, which is about half an hour long, I think, and totally fun and worth watching, and you know something that is feels like a supplement that maybe Criterion might put on the camera person Blu-ray, but even if it even if they don't, like it's still neat that Filmstruck is adding things like this uh, to you know to their service, which you know stuff that you know might end up on you know, YouTube or, or whatnot, or maybe Criterion's website, but, um, it's nice to have them all kind of in here. Uh, and this is another thing that's kind of like tricky to find. Um, I can't even remember now if like what the easiest way is. I think you just have to go in through those theme, those bundle themes and, and find it. Yeah. It's not, you have to either know the film or know the theme or know whatever it is you have to, they are listed on, on the films that are in the bundle. So that's a little bit helpful. But, but if you were to search for a camera person, nothing comes up. So yeah, you can't even. Up, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. If you search for Kirsten <sighs> Johnson, uh, even that doesn't really bring it up. So. Uh, <laughs> no, that brings up a random list of films. It does. So it's not <laughs> what I was looking for, though. <laughs> uh, I wonder if you search for Michael Moore. I wonder if that come, make, brings it up. Let's see, Michael Moore. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, more more titles that uh, are not what I was looking for. So no, Michael Mann. I guess they got you on that. <laughs> <laughs> so now that this is out of beta, there's a lot of titles in here that Criterion has the rights to that we can now finally talk about uh, without fear of losing access to our beta. <laughs> The subscription. <laughs> yeah, which I was that was a very good motivator for me. I was like, I am not losing this. Yeah, that was definitely something where we all had internally discussed, like, you know, what are we allowed to talk about based on the language of the, 
you know, the agreement that we're all essentially agreeing to for, uh, to, to, you know, have access to the beta. And so, and there's all, you know, I've never dealt with the developer betas with Apple, but I always hear people talk on podcasts about, you know, how, you know, you really shouldn't be talking about beta stuff because, you know, Apple might revoke your access or whatnot. And yes, over time, although everyone it has, does it anyway. Yeah. It's something that everyone does, but, um, so, you know, things that have come up in here, uh, that are notable are films like, you know, the stuff from Tarkovsky stalker, the mirror, um, Let's see. I'm going to pull up the the list of stuff that David uh, put together. Thank you, David. Very, very helpful. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, one thing that I that Filmstruck did, or, or that uh, that Hulu did a long time ago, was they they did have a, an RSS feed for um, for uh, like new titles that were being added. Eventually they deprecated that RSS feed and then it was just a pain to find new titles being added. Um, I wish there was some, I wish they would add like a, I know they have like a new releases area, but that doesn't seem like it, they're adding everything and it doesn't, it's also kind of not clear as to like, you know, sorting it by based on like when the titles were added to the service and not like the date of the release. Well, Criterion giveth and they take it the way you got your releases on the 14th, so no RSS feed for you. I mean, RSS feed, I, I kind of I have to imagine that that was like low on the priority list. Of, <laughs> yeah, if, very. If, if it was even <laughs> on the priority list at all, um, which it probably wasn't, but uh, I, it was just something that I was kind of hoping for. Oh, no, it would be awesome. But yeah, RSS, unfortunately, not a super mainstream technology anymore. Are there any titles that you that stand out to you as being, you know, things that weren't on Hulu, but we suddenly learned of, you know, that criterion? Okay, well, I, I just thought of another one. Um, the uh, Wong Kar Wai film, uh, Chungking Express. Yeah, that's actually the one I was going to say. The fact that that and I believe Silence of the Lambs, although I think they had mentioned that previously, are back, in, at least in some fashion. That's awesome. I mean, it, it, it just indicates that. And I thought we had learned that a long time ago as far as Chunking Express went. So that went out of print. And then I thought maybe we had got an email from, or seen an email from Mulvaney saying that, you know, it's, it's out of print, but not like maybe it's coming back or something to that effect. But, um, you know, as of right now, that Blu-ray is still out of print for Chunking Express, but it is part of the, you know, criterion channel on Filmstruck. So, it indicates that they still have the rights to the film, at least digital, you know, streaming wise. Yeah, so that's the big question, and I, I, I wonder. So for me, the diff, there's a huge difference between this one and and Silence of the Lambs because um, in the Silence of the Lambs case, I could see them wanting to have it in some fashion so that they could, you know, still have it be quote unquote part of the collection, but not feeling like there was enough they could do to justify a new physical release. Uh, so they did, you know, not putting it on Blu-ray. And I think we could see more of those uh, titles that were in the Laserdiscs or um, maybe, you know, Princess Bride, for example, is maybe another great example where it's like they've wanted to do it, but they don't know that they can make a great disc for it. But with Chunking Express, I mean, that thing's out of print. It's expensive. Um, I have to believe that either they only have the streaming rights and can't get the physical rights or they'll, they're going to put out a new Blu-ray because, I mean, that one, they need to, if they have the rights to put that out on disc, they need to do that because that's, I mean, I spent way too much money on that disc, I can tell you. Like that, that would be very helpful for everyone. 
one thing that I one thing that definitely popped in my head as soon as I saw that on there and I've seen other people talking about is just the notion that maybe Criterion is working towards a Wong Kar Wai box set. Um, a number of those films of his, I think, are now out of print from Kino, um, like Happy Together and some of the other ones, uh, Fallen Angels maybe. And, you know, 2046 has never had a Blu-ray release anywhere. And, or at least I think there might have been a Blu-ray in Korea that wasn't, was just like an upscale of the DVD. And so that one doesn't really count, but there's never been like a real, you know, high definition version of that film available anywhere. Um, it's a Sony title, so it seems like it would be easy for Criterion to get a hold of it. Um, so maybe Criterion is kind of like, you know, they took that one out of print so that it could, they could eventually re-release it as a part of a, you know, a giant Wong Kar Wai box set. I certainly hope you're right because I've really wanted to see that movie. Were there any are there any other big titles that have like that people have been talking about that you've seen that uh, you know are notable? I mean, Stalker is pretty huge. You know, the fact that um, and it's also a really nice edition that they have streaming on Filmstruck, and it looks better than uh, the, the new Blu-ray that came out recently from Artificial Eye in the UK. I think this is one where. Moss film from Russia has has also kind of, I guess, indicated via email from people on Reddit that, um, you know, Criterion has the rights to a number of these Tarkovsky films that that have recently come out in the UK. So maybe you, if you were, you know, thinking about importing them, maybe just hold off a little bit and, you know, maybe Criterion will, you know, in addition to this, you know, uh, theoretical one car wide box set maybe they'll do a tarkovsky box set too <laughs> we can only dream that would be so wonderful um i'm looking through the list and and i think most of these were just uh films that were on hulu but not uh ever put on disc i I'm, i know that i did see one or two other ones that maybe caught my eye but um, i you mostly i think it was the, the the tarkovsky stuff and the fact that some of the um out of print stuff was back because none of this stuff is really like uh, shocking me i have to say i'm hoping we'll get you know a lot of the stuff released obviously but nothing nothing that uh that blows my mind one thing that i uh have tweeted about that is um, pretty nice is the um passion of joan of arc version that is available on uh on on filmstruck is a different transfer than the one which was previously released on hulu and I think it, it's the Gaumont restoration. And I think it's different in that uh, it, it also has like different inner titles than what has previously uh, been used on that other one. Um, I think uh, Heart 8 is available on Filmstruck, but it doesn't seem I don't I can't remember now if that's part of the Criterion lineup or not. I don't think it is. Uh, yeah, Heart 8 does not have the Criterion collection banner. But uh, the other one that that uh, people were talking about looking better than it does on on discs is um or uh, is a canterbury tale and better than it was on 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 streaming previously so maybe we'll see an upgrade of that one as well the uh, uh, powell pressburger film yeah so how are you watching film struck right now are you doing it just on the web and on the ios devices Pretty much. So I'm very sad to see that the web version of Filmstruck is built using Adobe Flash. Yeah. That's uh, that feels like a decision from five years ago, uh, and I, um, I that that bummed me out. But so I am watching some stuff on on a web browser. But actually, mostly I've been watching on my phone. 
Uh, I have like the giant, giant, giant iPhone. So it's been pretty good. But I've been mostly watching supplements. I haven't actually watched a full uh, feature yet. I mean, I've kind of peeked around to see what the uh, uh, quality looks like, which uh, because there were some complaints from people about uh, video quality or dropped frames or things like that, which are going to happen on any streaming service. But I actually haven't seen any of that. But um, mainly just uh, like you linked to the... uh, the 50 years of, or 60 years of Janus films thing. And so I watched that and, you know, just different uh, sort of special features that are interesting to both those um, every frame of painting things that I mentioned um, and that kind of stuff, mostly on my phone. I'm very hopeful that they will hit their target of early next month for the Apple TV app. Cause that's the primary way that I have for watching this stuff on my TV at my house. Um, so th- that's going to be pretty exciting for me. And then I'll probably start watching full features. I don't really, some people like watching movies on their laptop. I'm not really one of those people. Yeah, I, I've i tried doing that. I've tried watching films, you know, laying down on my iPad. And um, inevitably, like, I just, I always go back to just switching over to watching them on my TV if it's an option. Yeah, and apparently the they didn't get the um, AirPlay stuff working. I haven't actually tried it myself, but I was told not to because it doesn't work, supposedly. I did want to mention that I... I tweeted this at Filmstruck, and I think you saw it too. That they launched their iPhone app without the the launch uh, storyboard, which means that on my iPhone Seven Plus and on anyone's Six Plus or Six S Plus, it just looks terrible. It's like not in the right um, screen size. Yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. It seems like if you're an iOS developer, like you should know that by now, given how long these larger phones have been around. Uh, yeah, just... you've had three years. It's <laughs> it's time. <laughs> but I guess you know. It's it's not a deal breaker, um, but it you know it kind of just makes you look at it like a little side eyed, like oh, what what's going on here? Yeah, it worries me a little bit about who or what they have doing the development. But I'm just gonna hope that it was just a honest mistake and that they'll you know sort it out. If I, I I'll tell you what, I'll get nervous if they put out the first or second update and it doesn't fix it. Um, then I'll be like, okay, what's going on here? But um, assuming that it it goes away quickly then i'll just be like okay well that was unfortunate but no big deal yeah a few other titles that have gone up that um, people were excited about this the 1985 film come and see uh and uh the 64 film welcome or no trespassing uh from uh klimov those are ones where i think he had gotten a phantom page a few months back and we talked about them. Maybe it was even longer than that. Maybe it was even like, you know, earlier this year. Um, but we, we talked about them on the podcast at some point, like those, those Russian directors, uh, Elam Klimov. And a lot of people are very excited about come and see. Oh, there's also, uh, at least one person saying that they, and now I wish I could check this right now, but they, that they checked out, um, the samurai and it looks like it might be HD. Oh man. So there, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty big. Um, there there have been, I think, Blu-ray releases of Le Samurai in Europe that no one is happy with, or at least like there haven't there hasn't been like one new restoration or you know transfer to rule them all. And uh, so I, I, I'm cur- I'll be curious. I'll I'll definitely go check that out tonight. And this one says the picture quality looks pretty sharp. It looks like there's film grain. So that would rule out the Pathé one that everyone was really mad about. But yeah, that would be, oh my God, I've been waiting for that one forever. So that would be amazing. So going back to the the basic Filmstruck area, not the Criterion channel, um, one thing that I wish I had the the ability to sort through or just 
know who some of these films are from. Like, I wish I could just say, like, just show me all of these zeitgeist films or the Flickr Alley stuff or, you know, like sort by studio um, just because I, I, you know, that, that might be like, you know, another kind of low on the list of, of things to do, but um, it would be nice for some of these studios to kind of get the, the same kind of, maybe not the same kind of name recognition as criterion, but at least like have their name somewhere on the film uh, or on the film page. Like, you know, if, if this title isn't a criterion title, like, let me see who it is from, uh, you know, or, or let me, then be able to like click through and uh, see what else that studio has available to us. Yeah. I have to believe that's coming because it just seems like such a raw deal for those studios. Otherwise um, I, I, I want that quite badly as well, especially if, like Flickr alley would be amazing to be able to see that. And like, I noticed all the SNA stuff and all the, the like the Chaplin shorts they have around there and some stuff I know is from them, but Oh my God, it'd be very, very helpful if I could just, um, uh quickly filter by that yeah that'd be great it's nice to be able to click through on the names of, of actors or directors and have it go to a search uh to find more by them but that uh that option is not available i think on the on the it might not be available on the ios app and it i'm pretty sure it's definitely not available on um on like the the amazon fire so like if if you get to a certain point like you can't really click through and see more in the same way that you can uh, on the web. Yeah. That's an awesome feature on the, on the website. I hope it, I'm sure again, it'll probably come to all those other uh, platforms at, at some point. Um, did you notice by the way, on those single release pages that it shows which devices you'll be able to watch the film on, which means that it's not necessarily all of them, right? Uh, like you see like a picture of a phone, a picture of a tablet, so and so some of those film pages have some of these devices not on there is that what you're saying i'm not saying that they do because i don't know i'm saying they could oh i see um yeah yeah, i mean like on like there's they're listing the apple tv as an option uh they're saying which is so they're saying the fourth generation is that the old one where you would airplay it to it or is that the new one where you would have an app for it uh i think that the fourth gen is the current one uh i'm i'm fairly yes the fourth gen is the one with the tvos app store okay. so that's just the one that, that okay so that i think that i think they just weren't quite ready because what well, it was surprising to me because the apple tv app was available that's how i did the beta was on the apple tv on tvos but that app was very buggy so i, I i'm not shocked they didn't get it done in time but i but i was a little disappointed because it was there for me before uh, they have been having to deal with an, a lot of uh, uh, interest in the uh, the Roku box um, and, you know, them not being available on the Roku right away. Uh, I've seen them, you know, having to respond to lots and lots of tweets and lots and lots of Facebook messages and comments and whatnot. And uh, it's sad that they weren't ready for that right away, but, you know, maybe they just didn't uh see or you know realize how big of a of an audience you know or how big the audience is for the roku uh which is which is pretty big i would love to know the technical reasons why the fire tv app was the only one that was done because that's a really weird (laughs) that seems to me a very odd strategy um but maybe maybe it's basically just the android app you know i know that 
the, the those are pretty pretty strongly similar maybe even more so than the ios app and, and tvos i don't know but it does seem to me like if i had to pick the the um places you would want to launch on that the fire tv would be low on the list yeah i don't know either uh, another thing that they have been uh, pummeled with are requests from people to have this available in other countries and I get the I get like being in another country and not having access to something, but um, it seems like people should be used to this type of thing by now. Like you know, with like Hulu not being available in other regions in the same way as it is here with Criterion, like you know, st- films and film licensing and, and distribution and stuff like it's still region locked. I mean, I, I feel like people should get that by now and not complain when this stuff doesn't launch you know internationally because it it almost never launches internationally yeah i mean would they be happier if the like six films on criterion uk were available (laughs) (laughs) like i don't i don't i mean i you know i don't live outside the country and when i do i'm sure i'll be very sad but it it does seem like you know yeah i mean it's it's it sucks uh hopefully the you know uhd is starting to break down some of those barriers but it's not going to change overnight and it's yeah i was i'm you know i don't know i was pretty unsurprised i guess i'm a little surprised you can't do it in canada because i think that they're the same region as we are right yeah there's i mean i guess it depends on like what how how the deals are made uh with the the film studios um i mean like we are the same region like dvd and blu-ray wise but i don't know what if that means anything you know digitally um like if because yeah, I'm pretty sure there are films available streaming on Netflix in Canada that aren't streaming here in the States or, you know, vice versa. Yeah. Yep. 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 That, that makes sense. Have you been, uh, have you been following along with uh, the Filmstruck blog Streamline? I did. I just saw that they did that. So I think they took over the old uh, movie Morlocks blog and they just repurposed all of the content that had previously been up on there is now this Filmstruck blog. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. That's yeah, so I just, well, I, well, what's funny is like, so I, I saw them tw- like, you know, post a link to the, this new blog and I clicked over and I was like, oh, I recognize that that author that like they wrote for Movie Morlocks. And so I, I guess, uh, you know, they probably just brought those people over. And then I subscribed to the RSS feed and I started scrolling down and I was like, oh, hey, look, I've, I've seen these articles before uh, <laughs> recently. So I wonder, I, I don't remember when like they, when some of the stuff switched over, but uh, yeah, it's interesting that that uh, was, was the decision made uh, for it. I mean, I, I, you know, subscribed to movie Morlocks and so I was reading all their stuff and they were like, the, they were the, like the TCM, like Turner kind of not like a fan blog, but something a little bit more than a fan blog, but a little, I guess it was kind of official, uh, like an official Turner thing, like property. Um, but it always felt more like a fan run thing. Uh, but now it's kind of, now it's the, the, the film struck thing. It's really smart in, in a lot of ways to, to do that just in the, in the terms of um, having content there, you know, day one and sort of that sort of thing. Yeah. It, it looks promising. The The design is not my favorite, but it looks promising. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah, so if you Google, if you go to moviemorlocks.com, it just redirects you to streamline.filmstruck.com. Indeed it does. That's so funny. 
Uh, have you watched any of those um, intros that people have been doing? Um, like I they wa- hired people to do that? I did. I watched uh, some of them during the beta, and I've watched... I know I watched the one for uh, Eyes Without a Face at some point. Um, they're from a lot of people that I just don't know. Um, but they're nice. I mean, they're short. They're not... Uh, you know, they're, they're a nice little, like, tease to get you interested in the movie. Um, I... I'll you know I'll keep watching them. It's a nice you know, little added supplement. Yeah, I haven't seen one that has blown me away yet, but I also I I'm hoping that like you know I'll start to recognize the different characters involved instead of see like you know maybe I'll get excited that one is from a certain person. Although they don't really make that easy either, because it just says hosted intro, right? It doesn't say yeah which host it is, and that you know I think they'll probably have to do more to promote. I mean I I I really do think, and this is very smart uh, as anyone who's launched a product from scratch knows we will look back on on filmstruck in a year two years and and if and if we look at this version of the website we'll just be like oh my god how did we live without 10 things that we'll have by then Uh, assuming it does well and continues to to um progress so who okay so going back real quick to the the flash thing Mm -hmm. um so do does anyone else use flash now for video um like Netflix and Hulu, do they still use stream? Uh, what was it? Silverlight. 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 Is that, do they still use Silverlight? I believe so. Yes. Does it? So does anyone use Flash? No. It, it was so <laughs> disappointing. It's like it really felt like, oh my god, what are you doing? I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I don't have Flash installed uh, for Safari. Um, I, I use I launch Chrome if I need to do something in Flash. And up until Filmstruck launched, that need was very rare and usually it'd be like oh i wonder what this is oh i can't watch it oh i'll open chrome oh i didn't really need to watch that (laughs) right (laughs) but like i clicked on something and it came up and that little logo was there and i was like are you kidding me like what what year do you think this is so it it was um i i mean i don't i can't begin to tell you why they made that choice uh i know that um silverlight's kind of dying uh, I don't know what what the consensus choice for what whatever's next. I think HTML5 video uh, has all of the you know because I'm sure the issue was what it was privacy uh, piracy concerns right? yeah like DRM yeah and and I do think that's a significant concern for something like the Criterion thing where like it is amazing to me that uh, you know how quickly that stuff will get will get pirated um, but there's got to be a better way there there are better ways and so it's just ugh. You know, it's just a, but you know, to be honest, in a month when the Apple TV app's out, I won't care anymore anyway. I think one of the other hosted intros that I watched now that I'm clicking through a little bit, where there's their uh, Ralph Bakshi's Fire and Ice is up there, and uh, the the intro for that one uh, is is fun because it's the guy just kind of geeking out about um, Frank Rosetta and Ralph Bakshi working together on a movie. Which I would geek out with him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Their their animation for adults uh, little bundle is you know it's got like nine films in it, but I think they just added this Tatsumi film, um, which is a documentary that uh, about the comic book artist. Um, but there's some good stuff in here. Uh, you know, a couple of Criterion titles. You know, Fantastic Planet and Watership Down. Um, but then you can watch, you know, that new, uh, or not new, but like the the Belladonna Sadness, which 
was just recently released on Blu-ray from Cinelicious, <laughs> Cinelicious uh, released yeah. Belladonna of Sadness on Blu-ray. Um, but now it looks like they're a part of this uh, Filmstruck family as well. Ooh, I haven't even heard of some of these. These look great. I mean, I wish there was more than nine, yeah. but that's, you know, got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, it seems like they're... I'm also mean, not seems... sure I'd consider Alice animation, but anyway, yeah. Uh, they They are definitely adding more stuff all the time, so you got to just keep your eye on the new film or new releases area uh, to see what, what they're, what they're adding in here. Yeah. Even that's a huge win because I mean, you know, and, and probably we now know the reason why, but I mean, the Hulu stuff stopped being updated a long time ago last week. I mean, so I I haven't even finished editing our discussion of Testament of Dr. Mabuse yet, but in that discussion, we talked a little bit about just the fact that, you know, um, criterion, uh, you know, had the sequel to a movie where they didn't have the original one, but now with something like Filmstruck, like that doesn't matter because you just go to the, you just go look at Fritz Lang films and you can watch both, you know, the, the original uh, Mabusa, the gambler, and, and then watch Testament of Dr. Mabusa afterwards. And see Spiona and Frau Mond and all the other films we talk about on that uh, unreleased episode. It's awesome. The, actually, that's literally the first thing. If you look at my watch list right now, it's four Fritz Lang films and one documentary about <laughs> Ornette Coleman. <laughs> so, like, the first thing I did was, so, oh, my God, they, they're they going to have Kino. Do they have all the Fritz Lang stuff? Oh, they do. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so I'm super excited for that. It, it's exactly right. And, and you know, that's one of those situations where I want to watch uh, Babuza Der Spieler, but, uh, but I don't necessarily want to buy that Blu-ray. So this is perfect for me. Four hours and 29 minutes, though. That is a long movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can watch uh, Hangman Also Die, which was, um, I think we d- discussed, was from like Cohen, I think, released that one uh, on Blu-ray. But then, yep, yeah, there's lots of, anyway. There's a lot of Lang on here. It's awesome. Yeah. I wonder who, I wonder who has the most films, because I was just looking at the Ozu page, and they have a lot of Ozu, a lot of Fritz Lang. I wonder if like all the Kenoshita stuff is up here yet. Uh, I'm sure Kurosawa is well represented. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of Kenoshita films <laughs> on here. Let's see. It just keeps scrolling and scrolling. So let's see. One, two, oh, man. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine times four. So 36, 38 films from Kenoshita uh, on here. Only 30 from uh, Kurosawa. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of films. There's a lot of yeah. stuff to watch uh, on Filmstruck. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. We're lucky. We're so lucky. I know we're totally spoiled, and uh, we're living in an amazing age where we have access to all of these films. Uh, and it really is just a matter now of like having too many things to watch and having you know a hard time like you know f- being frozen in the face of you know like an unlimited library of titles like where do you start at that point and you just have to make your watch list and start checking off films isn't it crazy that we live in a time period where we are trying to find solutions for how to best uh winnow through filter through the massive amount of content and information and present to you something helpful for right now compared to like if you watch that 60 years of janice thing and it's like you know you would go to the movie theater in that town and see the whatever film they had that was your art house film that you were going to get that week month year whatever that was it and it's like now we're worried about how do i figure out which of these bajillion things i'm gonna watch i know i think back there's a 
I think it might have been on the Tales of Hoffman release. There's like an either a commentary track or an interview with Martin Scorsese. And I might have the title wrong on this one, but I feel like he gives this little brief anecdote about how, you know, when he was young and he wanted to see this, he had to like rent the, you know, the, the film reels for, you know, like maybe like the 16 millimeter version of the film. And like he and um, what is the director from uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead? Um, they would like George Romero, George Romero, like he and George Romero, like both loved this film as kids. And they would be like the two kids, like renting it from this one, uh, you know, rental place, like over and over again. And like, you know, they those two guys would just be the ones like back and forth. Uh, and it's like, that's what the, <laughs> that's what it had to be. You had to be like to, you know, like do essentially all of the things that we have access to right now, but we just have, you know, it's like unlimited access to almost everything for practically no money. Yeah. And imagine you're someone who doesn't live in a place that has, even back in the day, that a place that was likely to have the kind of video store that would have that. Right. And I mean, if you grow up someplace that doesn't have a ton of, of, of cultural aspiration, that doesn't have a ton of access to this, but you're someone who stumbles into this, this is like water, right? This is like bread. Mm-hmm. This is, this is life for you. It's so awesome. It's so great. Uh, and, and I do try to remind myself of that because it's very easy to fall into the totally reasonable, you know, pitfall of saying, Oh, woe is me. How am I going to figure this out? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you just need to step back every once in a while and go, Holy moly, I'm lucky. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you, what's on, what's on, what's the, like the thing on your watch list that you are like, okay, I, I, I know that this is the next thing that I want to watch. Well, if you had asked me that any time until the last two minutes, I would have said something else. But um, I just realized that I really want to check out the Martin Scorsese's Journey Through American Films, which that's been on my Netflix disc queue forever. And they, but they don't have it right now. It's like long wait kind of thing. And I'm like, oh shit, it's on here. So yeah, I want to watch that. The Samantha Fuller documentary about Sam Fuller, A Fuller Life, is available uh, as a part of the Criterion channel. That one's at the top of my list right now, although that might just be the most recent thing that I've added. Um, And then, oh, you know, also we didn't mention, but uh, Derzu Usala, the uh, Kurzawa film that uh, has been, you know, like previously with Kino and um, not a part of the Kurosawa box set or, you know, not in the Criterion collection, although it was on Laserdisc. that one is now a part of the Criterion channel and will most likely be getting, you know, a Criterion release, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, somewhere down the line. It'd be crazy to see a new Kurosawa. I mean, that doesn't happen that much anymore because they were, they went, you know, they were drunk on putting out Kurosawa forever. <laughs> but it'd be really great. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm trying to wait until the Apple TV app comes out. We'll see. And luckily I have a lot of stuff I need to get done before then, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm treating this more like a, like a sneak peek into what's coming next, but uh, it is exciting. Very, very exciting. There are a few titles on here where Criterion has gone and put all, all of the supplements, I think from releases. So like one recent one that they have been promoting pretty heavily on social media is just the, um, their edition of Mulholland drive, uh, all of the supplements, I think, from the disc are now represented uh, on the Filmstruck page for it. I know that they've been like tweeting that. One kind of like nerdy Criterion note about this uh, this film and some of the other ones, the way that they are phrasing it is that they refer to them as um, 
criterion edition numbers um and they use that word <laughs> they, they use that word edition and i feel like they they don't use that word or at least they haven't in the past when referring to like a spine number um and so they call it like criterion collection edition number 779 um instead of like spine number 779 and that's just that's strange and interesting and i wonder like I mean, that had to have been like a conscious decision that they made uh, somewhere down the line in in kind of coming up with their like criterion channel, like branding and phrasing and whatnot. Um, like they had they I wonder if they like they they, you know, maybe they had the word spine in there. And like when you're looking at a website and you're looking at a list of digital titles, like does a spine mean anything at that point and should you change that word to something else that is a really interesting point i would not have noticed that that's awesome that you noticed that uh i it, it reads weird now that you said it <laughs> like, well, i'm like addition yeah and uh it was something that stood out to me immediately when i looked at this page and i was like huh like that's that's weird i mean it makes sense and it is clear what they're indicating but it is it's just different enough like when you stare at stuff for so long uh, as we ha- all have for, you know, all these years that we've been obsessing over Criterion, like w- anything that changes, you're like, your brain is, looks at it like, wait a second, something's wrong here. <laughs> there, are all also, there are also all kinds of weird mistakes where like the wrong poster arts for the wrong movie, uh, the wrong comment, like there's a bunch of weird bugs that happen when you're doing a ton of data entry, right? Yeah. Um, I did notice one thing that is potentially very exciting though. Uh, which is that there is, of course, um, uh, one of the most sought-after out-of-print Criterion sets is the um, BRD trilogy from Fassbender. And um, at one point in time, people would email Mulvaney about it and get told, oh, it's not really out of print, but that was maybe three or four years ago, and it's still been out of print. And then at some point after that, people started noticing that two of the three films were available on Hulu, but the third one was not. Um, and so it was like, oh, maybe they lost the rights to the one film, and that's why they haven't put it back out. Well, I can tell you that on Filmstruck, all three films from that box set are present, watchable, with the Criterion logo. <laughs> so maybe we'll finally see. I actually already I, I have the set, but maybe we'll see a, 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 a Blu-ray upgrade of that set, which would make a lot of people really happy. This is why you don't spend a lot of money buying out-of-print Criterion stuff, guys. Like. I know you all want them. <laughs> I know I know that you need to be you need them to feel complete, but sometimes you got to just wait a little bit and they'll re-release the film. I got that one for a very reasonable price, so I'm not going to complain. But and you just never know. It's the never knowing. I'm definitely on the opposite side from Ryan on this one. You should totally buy them. It is 100% worth it. I'm I'm out of print complete myself and I uh and I'm very happy. And you just don't know. Yeah, you, you don't. Know. Actually, the best thing to do, to be honest with you, though, is to get them right when they go out of print or, or just before. Obviously, like, I do not envy anyone who's trying to get complete now. Just the cost would be absolutely outrageous. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, we'll see. All the Teshigahara films that are not Women of the Dunes are also on here. So, hmm, I don't know. One of the other cool things that they've added in here is the, um, so... This year, the Metrograph, that theater, launched in New York, and Criterion is kind of involved in a way. Or I know, like some of the people at Criterion are kind of involved with the Metrograph in various ways. 
Um, and they did a live presentation when the Kennedy films of Robert Drew were released. And they did a, a live event and Penn and Baker was there and they did a little interview and whatnot. And um, that event, or at least like the recording of the event, is uh, available to watch uh, on Filmstruck. So you can see the Criterion Live at the Metrograph. You might have to like, again, like dig in. Actually, I think if you search for any of those Robert Drew films, you can probably get to this uh, special feature. What's the special feature called? Because I don't see it. Uh, Criterion Live at the Metrograph. This is also another okay. instance. If you go to the bundle page, you can see uh, a data entry uh, error where it just says like hosted underscore intro all caps for and then in parentheses, <laughs> and then in parentheses no parent title. So maybe they haven't uh, actually c- connected it with uh, the titles that are available. So if you, think... you have to. So if you go to the Criterion channel, and then go to in the now playing area. If you do view all and you scroll down to <laughs> Criterion Live at the Metrograph, then you can find it. Uh, so in this, in this you cannot case. find it f- from looking at any of the films oh, yeah. from that that thing, which is really annoying. Like, come on! Oh, but if you but, okay, okay. if you but if you click on that header image where it just says Criterion Live Presents, if you're mm-hmm. on the pages for, for uh, I think, let's see. Well, actually, no, because if you go to primary or something like that, you can't, the header is that oh, political documentaries right. one. Oh, yeah, it's, you're right. It's okay. basically impossible to find this. Like, it's so, <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> this is very compelling radio, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I imagine that as people are listening to this, they're also on the website kind of clicking along with us as we go. So, uh, and <laughs> if, not, so. if not, you should rewind and then start clicking along with us. <laughs> yeah, this will be your excuse to listen to this one twice. Uh, but that is cool. I didn't know that was there. So now I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, that's awesome. Man, yeah, they'll they'll figure this stuff out. Yeah, If, if nothing else, they'll listen to this podcast. Yeah, and I mean, like, if if anyone from Filmstruck is listening, like obviously, again, like don't take any of the criticisms like too personally. Don't f- feel bad about any of the stuff that we're complaining about. Like, um, no, we love you. You know, we we love you, and you're doing a great job. And uh, I'm so happy to have this now in my life because it's like, I mean, it is another thing, another list of movies that I need to watch. But at least like, it's, <laughs> like in in one place, and really like the supplements are my. The supplements that like the exclusive stuff, like you mentioned, like the Tony Joe videos or, you know, like what I just said, like the Criterion Metrograph thing or that interview with Michael Moore and Kirsten Johnson or like just having all of these uh, supplements online is just a dream come true for me. Like I cannot stress that enough. Like that is what I wanted and now I have it and um, it's great. Yeah. I also, I want to say that I, um, all of the little nitpicks aside, the general UI they've gone for this site is pretty great. I, I really, I actually really like it. They need to iron out the the details, but it's really nicely done. And, it, you know, obviously I was very open about saying that what I was hoping they would do was recreate the, the Blu-ray experience, but I actually like that they've kind of gone in a slightly different direction and, and, and done something that still feels unified, um, but works across studios and, and doesn't single out criteria. And it, it, it's a really nice, um, uh, the, oh, this is cool! This Friday night double feature. Now I'm noticing that's awesome too. Like the the programming stuff is is super exciting. 
I I think it's going to be really really cool as they get going. The website so cool. is also the website is also just incredibly fast. I think like it's really yes, really snappy, really fast. responsive. Like they don't try to load too much uh, onto a page. You know, you as you scroll, more stuff loads. Um, so whatever they have working on in the back end is 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 really great to just like be able to click on something and have it instantly load. Like that's just perfect. Yeah, I do wish you could. It's a little difficult on some of the pages to open things in a new tab. Um, that doesn't. That's not supported everywhere, which I wish was. But oh, yeah, you know, like, I thought I was like, I thought it was me, like failing. I, I was like holding down the command button and like clicking on stuff, and then it would just load in that same page. And I was like, huh, did I just make a mistake? Did I not click on that the way that I was supposed to? And like, yeah, you can't. It's right, not you. You can't right click <laughs> on it to open in a new tab. Uh, I totally thought that was me just now, like not, like doing it wrong, like failing at, at web browsing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're new, you know. <laughs> no, it it so that little things like that. That's fine, but oh man, it's just like you can. T- I think you can tell from the tone of our voices, like we're we're loving it. You know, we're so happy. One thing that we waited forever. One thing that I've seen come up still, even though like this has been discussed by Filmstruck or like addressed by them is just the confusing nature of the um, relationship between Turner and uh, Filmstruck and yeah. and how a lot of people are still kind of confused about why there isn't more of this type of movies that are available on TCM uh, on here on Filmstruck and um I think from the beginning, like they have tried to make it clear in like their social media and in some of the press releases and whatnot that like these aren't going to be the types of movies that are, or you know, these aren't going to be all the types of movies that are that show up on tur- on TCM, and that it's going to be like you know focusing on independent art house foreign films, and you know there there might be some things that kind of fit into the TCM. Um, umbrella as far as like some old Hollywood stuff but not much and it's you know again it's kind of limited to the studios involved and it seems like TCM is going to remain its own separate branded uh, thing that will you know maybe they'll you know try to relaunch as a separate service Um, I mean there you can you can currently like, you know, there are apps out there for TCM where if you have a cable subscription that has access to it, you can log in. But, um, you know, maybe they'll try to do something like what HBO does where you can, you know, either log in or uh, pay for a subscription for the like the TCM Turner stuff. Yeah, I'm actually, um, you know. Obviously, on some selfish level, maybe it'd be nice to have all that content, but I think it's a very smart decision for now because I think TCM is such a strong perspective um, and so overwhelmingly American that it would drown out um, what this is actually trying to accomplish, which is to sort of bring to light uh, classics that are not as well known in your average sort of even American-centered cinephile. So I think, um, you know, there's so much amazing content here that I think would be drowned out if we were looking at, you know, the Maltese Falcon and Dial M for Murder and things like that that are awesome and would be great to have in the same place. But, you know, uh, I don't know. I think they made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, it might not even have been a choice that they could make. Like, this might have just been like, well, 
you know, like from the, the, the highest up at Turner, like them saying like, well, we have all of these different ways of making money. And this is even something that they had been kind of announced beforehand. There's like a press release from February or March of this year where they said, you know, like Turner is planning on launching a number of different like platforms, uh, streaming platforms. And, um, you know, and that was before they had even announced Filmstruck. So it seems more, more than likely that there will be not just like a TCM app and a Filmstruck app, but there will be, you know, more things based on, uh, what they have the rights to and, and what they can kind of like, uh, piece together to make a, you know, compelling, uh, purchase for, you know, cinephiles. Yeah, I think that'll be great. And, you know, these days, I mean, especially as stuff like, um, Apple's TV app gets more popular uh and things like that i think there'll be ways to sort of i mean the main thing is if there's a specific movie you want to watch you know then you just want to find that movie and you don't care what surface it's on you just want to search and then if you want to browse then maybe you can say okay well i'm going to filmstruck because i'm in the mood for a filmstruck type film or i'm going to go to the tcm service if i'm in the mood for more of a tcm type film or i'm going to go to you know vinegar syndrome's app or or you know whoever else has a you know a completely different perspective on on the film. Film is a big place. There's there's plenty to go around. Yeah. Although we are limited, <laughs> we are limited by the amount of money that we have to spend on this type of thing every month. And uh, while that's I would so love true. to have a, a TCM subscription that doesn't involve me pay, paying the cable company for it, uh, I don't know how many more of these services I can uh, afford at this point. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone wants the uh, a la carte thing until they see, oh, that actually costs way more money than it did when um, my channel was being subsidized by all these other channels. Yes. You know, you don't watch ESPN, but ESPN's paying for your, you know, um, uh, HGTV or TCM or whatever it is that you're like, you know. So it is, it is, uh, ooh, Ron's on here. It is, uh, um, but not with the Criterion logo. Uh, it is, it is, uh, uh, nice to a point but then it's like yeah okay well this is starting to add up and it already is and i know i mean even the ones you named earlier that's a significant chunk of change every month well Arik, is there anything else that we should talk about um that we haven't already touched on like we touched on pricing so you know i guess one other thing is like the threat of more <laughs> channels being added to Filmstruck um, and threat in a, a total jokey way, but like, uh, you know, there are other studios involved and maybe those other studios would like to have, I don't know if any of them have the type of streaming library that Criterion does that would be appealing for, or appealing enough for uh, someone to spend another four or $5 to add on, you know, like the Kino channel or, the Zeitgeist Twilight time, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even Twilight Time, like, they... I don't even know, like, if they have... Uh, like, if the movies that are on here are from them, because I think they just... They're, like, such an exclusive, like, limited DVD um, mm. uh, distributor. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know, maybe these are coming directly from the studios and not from someone like them. But, like, you know, maybe some of these studios are... Like, do have digital rights to some of these films. But I don't know, like... I mean, even just off the top of my head, I can't even really think of another studio where I would say like, oh, I really hope that there is, 
you know, I guess maybe Shout Factory because they have such a big, uh, like wide range of things. But you know, they do also have a Shout Factory TV app, um, you know, on Roku and on Amazon. Um, and so I don't know, like I don't know who else I would pay an extra few dollars for. But like, I wonder if if and when that might happen. Like, when will we see the 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 broadening of the of the channels and having more more options to to pick and choose from studios to pay more money for this it does feel like in the u.s at least even with all these companies criterion continues to occupy a very special um space and i think uh part of that is that they have been around a lot longer part of that's that they have a lot more films and i think the main one though is that they've always kept the rights to as much of their collection as they can they don't do that i mean you make a really good point about twilight time they don't do that model of like uh, we have this for a limited time. They've they've never gone down that road. That's been kind of the antithesis of what they've been about. So they have all these films that that these other uh, services may not have access to. And yeah, I, I'm thinking about it, even with all the ones we've named, I'm super happy they're part of this, but I can't see, like I love Flickr Alley, but they don't have enough content for me to pay extra for a Flickr Alley section. Um, I don't know. Olive, maybe... Uh, it, just because they have such a, I mean, they put out so much, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a, a while before we see any anybody else. And and the site is also designed in such a way that that would you can see that they don't think they're going to be adding anything like that for a little bit. I guess also one other thing that I had uh, written down a note about in in watching some of this stuff is that um, I wish it was also more clear uh, as to whether or not you're watching like. Is is what you're about to watch in HD? Is it in SD? Yep. Um, and you know, how do I know like what I'm watching right now on the TV? I mean, I guess I can see the difference, but like, I wish it was just more clear. Like, what am I? What am I about to get myself into in watching this movie? Is it gonna? Is it gonna look, you know, nice and crisp, or is it gonna look, you know, like super, like jaggy and blown out kind of? I 100% wish that they would um, show you that. I also wish they would show you. Uh, some of the other information that Criterion usually shows you, which is like aspect ratio, uh, language. Just I'm not talking about like for searching. I'm just talking about on the the page for the film. That's a right? great. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, just tell me this information. Is it subtitled? Is it silent? Like, I have no way of knowing. And I, you know, again, I'm sure they'll 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 get to all of that. But but yeah, the HDSD thing was something I meant to bring up as well. I'm glad you. I'm glad you remember to, to bring that up. Yeah, because it is like I'm on the Taste of Cherry page here, and that's a film that the DVD is woefully inadequate. Like, if I press this, is it going to be window boxed? Is it will it at least be anamorphic? I don't know. Um, so yeah, you yeah, would think, I agree. You would think like language would be a pretty big thing because like yeah, you're like I'm looking yeah. at the three colors red page right now, and it's like there's no indication of what language that movie is in uh, on this thing. So like, I mean. You know, I guess like maybe they could argue that it doesn't it doesn't matter that much, but you know, like Criterion considers that stuff inf- important information to include uh, on their you know film pages on their website. Yeah, yeah, I have to assume that's going to come because I mean, th- that's country language and then stuff like black and white color and uh, and 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 uh, silent versus sound and uh, aspect and even aspect ratio because that's something that Criterion makes a big deal about, and it's like. And, and also it's something where then I can tell, like, if it's not in the right aspect ratio and I can say, oh, there's a bug here, you know, because people have said that there's stuff that's already they've noticed is, is uploaded wrong. And we all assume that they'll fix it because it's a site dedicated to getting this stuff right. But 
you know, you have to have someone notice it who knows what they're doing then, as opposed to yeah. just me going like, oh, that's not 133.1, you know. I guess also kind of bouncing off of that idea, how awesome would it be if, um, you know, like with something like On the Waterfront, Criterion released all of the different versions of a film and the different aspect ratios that have been available. How awesome would it be if, you know, Filmstruck also let you watch the movie in different aspect ratios, you know, like, and let you kind of decide like what's right and wrong if they're kind of officially sanctioned aspect ratios and not just kind of like butchered by the studio because of digital whatever, like, you know, because that's what they gave to Netflix or or HBO or whatever. Yeah, that's huge. And the second obvious step from that is uh, given that this is, you know, as Steve Jobs put it famously, like we have, you know, we don't know, we're not, we're not stuck with physical buttons. We can do whatever we want. Uh, let me literally switch between those aspect ratios as the film is playing, mm. right? In the same way that I can switch between audio tracks or whatever else. Like that would be, I mean, obviously one would be great. Both would be even better, but that'd be so cool. And it just shows like the, I mean, the two of us sitting here for the last however long have come up with, you know, 50 <laughs> things we think could do. <laughs> I'm sure that they have a list that goes, you know, out the room. Like, it's going to be a very exciting uh, period of time. And it's nice just to see the vitality because, again, um, Hulu, you know, as you said, when it first launched, it was a big deal. It was exciting, you know, and the same thing kind of with um, Mubi or whatever it was called, the auteurs. But it's nice to see that energy back again. Are there any instances of films where there's more than one version of it, like a director's cut versus, you know, a theatrical cut? Or is there any, are there any films that, where there's two versions uh, up on here? I can't I think haven't of any off the noticed any, uh, but I just did check and it looks like uh, both gold rushes are there. Oh, okay, cool. Then, yeah, that's, I hope they continue to do that. Yeah, that's exciting. It actually looks like there's three gold rushes, and I don't understand how that's possible. But leaving that, wait, do they have a non-Criterion one? No, they do show the C for Criterion stuff on the card, so that's actually really easy to pick out, which is cool. I don't know if you noticed that, but um, but uh, yeah. but they do have. Oh yeah, that is weird. Like, so there's two nineteen. Oh, because one of them is the Essential Art House one. And one of them is the master's one. I think it's because they're included in different bundles. Yeah, I wonder why the t- 1925 longer version isn't like doesn't have that C on it in when you do a search. Um, it's really weird. I wonder if that's just like a like a website error. Like if it overlays that C when it knows that something is a part of the criterion collection and it needs like a piece of metadata to indicate that. Cause like when you click through, you can see the cover. Um, but this, but the circus it's also missing on, I, I think they just are, I think we're just seeing data entry bugs. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Cause well, like on, so when you go to that gold rush, 1925 version, it does say silent is like a tag in, in next to the running time. Um, oh yeah, there's and, periods for some stuff and then silent for others. And so you can click on that and see other silent films. Oh, and it's a genre. They're yeah. considering that a which is a little weird, but they're considering that a genre. Yeah. Um, interesting. I wonder if I can just type in random things there. I think you probably can. Oh yeah, I guess uh, it's probably not like searchable, but you could probably just put that no. into the. Um, into the URL. Yeah. 
But if you just go to genre, then you just get the whole list again. That's sort of unfortunate. I was hoping there were going to be a secret genre page. Uh, on the Kronos release, uh, or at least the Kronos on Filmstruck, you can watch the full 10-minute Welcome to Bleak House uh, supplement if you want to go on a little tour of Guillermo del Toro's uh, man, <laughs> man Cave. Ryan's favorite supplement ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I'm like freeze-framing and like, oh man, I want that so bad. <laughs> uh, so great. All right. Well, we should we should wrap this up here. But uh... yeah, we're just we're just browsing a website. Now. <laughs> well, Arik, thanks so much for joining me tonight to chat about this stuff. And listeners, thanks for coming along with us on this little journey through the Filmstruck website. And uh, we'll be back around this time. Actually, I don't. I will probably be back sooner than this. We'll probably talk about the February titles in a couple weeks uh, when those are announced. And so maybe we'll talk more about. The January titles and we'll talk more about some of these other new rumors and things that are going around uh, for Criterion stuff we'll see you then how about that election man Oh, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> only, I'm stressed all the time. Only oh a few more God. days. Hopefully, I don't even know if this episode will go up before the election on Tuesday. But man, I tell you what, it is—it has thrown a wrench into so many things. That and this baseball game that just ended uh, this week has like thrown a wrench into recording plans and people's just a general availability uh, with being able to record podcasts and everything. It has been. It's been a wacky month of not recording too much. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, David is on a self-imposed uh, hiatus right until the yeah. election's over, yeah. which I I respect that. It's. I mean, oh my goodness. It's like I I I may regret saying this later, but right now it just feels like I just want to know, and and everything else I'll deal with once it's done, right? But just the anxiety of it of it pending. All the time. I just need that to part to be over now. Uh, yeah, I hear you.